Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 375 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on a, what is it today? A Friday? March 31st, 2023. Opening day was yesterday, so just wanted to give my reaction. If you have any thoughts, any comments, questions, feel free to put them in the chat if you're live on YouTube. I appreciate everyone for being here, whether that's live, replay, on podcast podcast platforms. Excuse me. Uh, a, a disappointing loss yesterday, but it's not a loss that I'm going to sit here and totally overreact to. Uh, Padres lost seven to two. I wanted to start before getting to the game. Just wanted to start with the crowd atmosphere and the lead up to the game because I, I mean, in a disappointing night, I do want to talk about some positive things that I saw just around Petco Park and uh, the fans. I mean, look, there was it was raining. the The weather was not the best. Uh, I was standing in line, going about to go into the home plate gate. And there was a huge line, and I was like right in the middle of it, and it started pouring. Uh, I was down uh, at the Blind Borough with John and Jim a little bit before I headed over to stand in line. Uh, but when I got there, there was a huge line. There was huge lines in the what's the, the East Village Gate, I think, the Park at the Park Gate. 
there were lines all over the place. It was pouring. People didn't leave the line. Uh, this fan base, they're, they're super excited about this Padres season. And I, I think that this, look, it was opening day, so you're not going to have all of the season ticket holders be at the stadium all at once like yesterday, right? Like the playoffs, like that's not going to happen every regular season game. But I think it's going to be big crowds like that at a lot of the regular season games. A lot of maybe not like a Tuesday night game two out right when the gates open two hours before first pitch. You'll see a long line. I don't know. I don't know about that. If it's like not a giveaway day or anything like that. But in terms of the crowd size, I think you're going to see pretty much that type of crowd. Uh, Seemed like most of the seats were filled. The energy was pretty good when the Padres were within reach. I know the rain kind of maybe put a damper on the energy in the ballpark, but I thought Padres fans were great. It was great to see a lot of uh, the Padres fans that, you know, came up to me or said my name as I I was walking through the concourse or whatever. Uh, Padres fans are the best. So I just wanted to hit on that first. I thought the Jake Peavy, the Joe Musgrove moment, the first pitch Peavy to Musgrove, I thought that was really cool. The pregame introductions, Bud Black got a pretty good applause. Matt Williams, who is undergoing surgery today uh, because he has colon cancer, he got a nice ovation from Padres fans, biggest ovation among any of the Padres coaches, at least from what I recall. So that was great to see. You know, Padres fans uh, definitely wishing Matt well and I certainly am right along every other Padres fan. And Bob Melvin said the other day that Matt's going to push through this. He's a fighter. He's going to get through this, essentially. So I believe that uh, he's going to fighting, and hopefully he can join the Padres coaching staff at some point later in the season. Mike Schilt, for now, is expected to take over as the Padres' third base coach. He was supposed to kind of roam around the organization, be with the major league staff a little bit, the major league club, but also be roaming around different minor league systems. But now it seems like he's going to be the third base coach every day until Matt Williams returns. Don't know when that date's going to be, but he was out there hitting fungos in the rain the other day during workout day. So uh, he really cares, really cares about this organization and seems like he's a really great coach, former manager. So definitely wishing him well today thinking about him uh, as he goes into having that surgery. Don't know when it is, but hopefully Bob Melvin will have a good report on that when he speaks to the media later today. Um, getting to this game, Padres obviously 7-2 to two they lost. So it was interesting here. They gave up 17 hits, but struck out 17 Rockies batters. The Rockies, we knew coming into this game, they're not the most talented team in baseball. But it's still the Rockies. Herman Marquez usually pitches well against the Padres. Charlie Blackman is like Babe Ruth against the Padres. So we knew that I thought the Padres were going to win, but I was not surprised that it, I would not have been surprised going in if it was a close game. And it ended up being a pretty close game there for like the first half of it. And then that fifth inning, Snell did not make it through five, which it's not a surprise. I was. I was really hoping that Blake 
had the opening day start coming into the season. He's going to be more ramped up, more ready. Like the, going into or in spring training, he was telling the media, and Bob Melvin was saying this too, that Snell was the most built up, most ready that he's ever been with the Padres, essentially. Like he, he's ready. And maybe the opening day start, some people in the Padres organization were thinking, hey, maybe with Snell getting this opening day start and all of the attention on him, maybe this is making is, this is going to make him get ready for the season earlier. Uh, and he pitched okay. He didn't. I don't think he pitched terrible. I mean, he struck out nine guys. And Chris Matt gave up that home run, which ended up Snell allowing three earned runs, but when he was on the mound, he didn't allow three runs. Um, he gave up, I mean, there were some hits that weren't hit very hard. Some bloopers that got over the head of like Xander Bogarts or over the head of Manny Machado. Now, there were some that were hit pretty hard, multiple hit innings. Uh, but there was, I think it was the third inning, I want to say, where there was second and third with, I think, no outs, and he got out of it. And that's, that, I mean, that's the Blake Snell experience. He had like 70 pitches through three innings. And as he told the media after the game, it was a real battle out there for him. And look, hopefully, like I said on my immediate post-game reaction from outside Petco last night, hopefully the majority of the first half of the season Blake can be pitching at least five innings and not have to do the, the same old Blake Snell stuff where he can't get through five uh, and the bullpen has to, like going into every Blake Snell start, we know that the bullpen's going to get taxed. Like hopefully we don't have to do that every Blake Snell start and this was just a, a one-off thing. Like nine strikeouts, that's great. I'll take it, but I, I'm not going to take it in this circumstance uh, because – he just didn't give the Padres length, right? And I I guess, I mean, I'll take that back a little bit. First start of the year, I'll take it because it is the first start of the year. But, again, the majority of his starts, if he strikes out nine guys, that's great. If he can give the Padres, you know, five innings, pitch into the sixth inning. That's not what we saw last night from Snell. So he goes four and a third, gives up six hits. Three earned runs technically, walked one, struck out nine. Then Chris Mack came into the game, inning and two-thirds for him, gave up four hits, two earned runs from him, two strikeouts. Uh, he gave up a home run. Domingo Tapia came in, two innings, two runs, gave up two bombs, back-to-back -back home runs. Steven Wilson came in, didn't give up any uh, in that last inning of work. And... Once the Padres went to Tapia, you felt like, okay, they're, they're probably not going to win this game. Because, look, let, let's face it, Domingo Tapia shouldn't be on this roster. Robert Suarez is hurt. Adrian Morajone is hurt. Drew Pomerantz is hurt. They're not on the team right now. They're not available. So Tapia is on the roster because of, like, the Suarez injury. And Tapia, I was reading Kevin Acey's newsletter earlier this morning. And most of the batters that he faced in spring training were like double A hitters. He, he did not face that many big league hitters. And when he had to face big league hitters, boom, he gets shelled. You know, the first two batters give up home runs. Uh, one of the fans in my section, was, when Tapia came in, was chanting El Paso, gives up a home run. 
keeps chanting El Paso. Gives up another, and then as the guys running the base, rounding the bases, the fans chanting Lake Elsinore, Lake Elsinore at uh, Tapia. I mean, most Padres fans probably haven't heard of Domingo Tapia's name. They they don't know who Domingo Tapia is. They didn't know he was on the Padres, and he's coming into a game on opening day. I'm, I'm I assume some Padres fans were not expecting that or didn't know who that was. On opening day, you, you probably want guys that the fans know or that were on last year's team to be pitching. I know the Padres don't care about that, but I'm just saying, like, the score should have been better, right? The, sh- the score should have been closer. Uh, Chris Matt was not on his game last night. Any With Chris Matt, that's different than Tapia. Chris Matt, we know he can get major league hitters out. He pitched well in the World Baseball Classic. He's been a valuable piece for the Padres in years past. Tapia... He had a really good spring training, and I guess he earned his way onto the roster in spring training, but that was spring training. He wasn't facing major league caliber batters all the time, like Ryan Weathers, Brent Honeywell. Guys that were trying to make the roster as well were facing. The Padres had those guys pitch earlier in games, where Tapia, he was pitching in like the seventh inning or the eighth inning or the ninth inning in these spring training games. The starters are long gone. They're already probably at their houses in Arizona when Tapia is pitching because they leave fourth, fifth inning in these games, head to the clubhouse, and they're gone. And Tapia's working against double-A guys. So, look, he, he pitched well. He, he, all, he couldn't control when he could pitch in these spring training games. But if let's just face it, if Suarez was on the roster, Tapia wouldn't be on the team. Right? If Morone was healthy, Tapia probably wouldn't be on the team. Right, Pomerantz, Tapia probably wouldn't be on the team. The Padres, let's remember, they were deciding between probably Jay Groom or Domingo Tapia a few days out before they headed to San Diego for in preparation for opening day because they were trying to see maybe Groom for multiple innings out of the pen or start the game and Weathers can be a reliever out of the pen or do we want a guy that can throw really hard and could go one inning, give us another one-inning guy. And the Padres went with the one-inning guy, uh, and he ended up pitching two innings, which that's good for today and the rest of the series because it's a four-game series. But he did not he did not pitch well, did not pitch very well at all. Snell, he got 93 pitches, so he's, he's built up. But 93 pitches in less than five innings, that's a Blake Snell start, right? I'm hoping that it proves... I think it will, but that w- that wasn't the most encouraging. Like we know that Blake Snell can strike out guys. If there's a jam, like among starting pitchers, right? Ranking starting pitching are comfortable comfortability. What is? I don't know if that's a word. How comfortable are we in pitcher starting pitchers on the mound for the Padres in bases loaded or second and third situations? Right? Who do we think can get? out of those situations. If we if we would rank those starters, would you go Musgrove one and then Snell two and then Darvish three out of the big three in the rotation? I think that's how I would go. Maybe you go Snell over Musgrove because of the strikeouts, but Musgrove can strike out guys too. And I think he can get ground balls. He can get, I, I just have more confidence in Musgrove just generally than Blake Snell. So maybe that's why 
I'd go with Musgrove ahead of Snell, just ab above, a, above of Snell. But Snell's right there. We know he can get out of those innings with strikeouts, but you don't want to be put in those situations against the Colorado Rockies, right? What's going to happen when he's facing the New York Mets or the Atlanta Braves, right? So I'm going to be very interested to see what happens in Blake Snell's next start, which should be in that Atlanta series, I would think. And Atlanta's lineup, it's stacked. Acuna, Albies, Michael Harris, Matt Olson, um, Sean Murphy, right? Austin Riley. There's a lot of talent in that lineup. Did I say Acuna? Um, it's pretty good. Travis Darno's the Braves' backup catcher, so... That, will, that should be a tougher test in Atlanta for Blake. Although, I do want to, I think we should mention the rain delay, right? Or Yeah, it was raining. It took like 20 minutes for the grounds crew to go out there, like re-sand everything, and Blake had to stand there on the mound and throw some pitches to stay as warm as he could. I was freezing. That's what it felt like last night sitting there. I know he's on the field, and um, he's probably not thinking about the weather and all that. And I think he's from Seattle, so that doesn't bother him. But it was cold last night. It was probably in the 50s, under under 50 maybe. And he had to stand out there, and so maybe that had an effect on Blake. I don't know. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, even the first inning. The first inning, he allowed a couple base runners, I believe. Let me go back to the first inning. So he struck out Daza, but then double, single, single. Yeah. So, but then he strike out, ground out to end the inning. But yeah, so even without the delay, like the first inning, he allowed runners after striking out the first guy. What did you, what did everyone think about Blake Snell's first outing? Ivory says, I don't blame Snell for last night. He performed accordingly. The defense got to step it up, but he wouldn't have given up a he wouldn't have given up a three-run bomb, that's for sure. I would have took him out after the fifth. So you would have had him continue to go through the fifth. Well, he was already at 93 pitches. And let me check who was the bat. I forget who was up when they took him out. Oh, it was a righty. So they didn't want the left-on-right matchup, maybe. They didn't want C.J. Crone to face Snell, I think, for the third time already in that fifth inning. And Chris Matt, usually look like Chris Matt, I was fine with the decision. Snell's already at 93 pitches. It's the first outing of the year. I'm confident in Nabil Chris Matt. Chris Matt just didn't have it right out of the gate. You know? And Tapia, like, I don't want to totally bash him. Because, again, he just he pitched really good in spring. He couldn't control when the Padres put him in games. And he just capitalized on those opportunities. But he, he shouldn't be on the roster if guys were healthy, right? So, I, I guess the, the, the bright spot is we're not going to see Tapia tonight, I wouldn't think. And tonight, Nick Martinez is on the mound. So, hopefully, Nick doesn't do the Blake Snell, and he can get through five innings. I'm, I love Nick Martinez. I'm very confident in Nick. I'm way more confident in him than in Seth Lugo, like starting-wise. Who's going to last longer in the rotation? I'd go with 
Nick over Lugo long-term this year. And Lugo, I think, will really help the bullpen. I guess a positive for Snell, in those 93 pitches, four and a third innings, just one walk. That's a positive, right? Because we know first half of the season, right, the big concern or one of the things that lessens the quality of those Blake Snell starts are the walks. So for him to only walk one guy, like I picture what the outing, I think it was in Colorado last year, first half of the season. And he like walked the bases loaded, walked in a run and there was no pitch clock. So he was just thinking all about the crappy walks that he just had on the mound and it got to him. Hopefully the pitch clock can help with that, right? Bad. Uh, you, you leave a bad pitch over the middle of the plate or you walk a guy. Well, you have 15 seconds or 20 seconds. Go, go next pitch, next pitch, next pitch, right? Hopefully that can help. So I'll take that positive from Blake. I mean, the strikeouts were there, obviously. He got out of some situations and only one walk. I'll leave, I'll stop talking about Snell with that positive. I'll leave with the positive. Yeah, Joseph, I thought Matt Carpenter went yard last night, then it just died. I did too. I was sitting in 323, so I had an angle where I, I could see the trajectory of the ball. I wasn't like behind the plate. So off the bat, it felt like it was gone, but it was cold, right? It was in the 50s, I think. And it ended up on the warning track. That that ball, that fly out, if that was a home run, that would have tied the game, I think. Right? Because it was five to two, I believe, at the time. I think. Or was it four? Was it four two? Might have been four two. Or was that in the sixth inning? I'm gonna double check that here. No, sixth yeah, sixth inning. So Bogarts got on, on with a single. Crony reached on a catcher interference. He reaches a lot on catcher interferences for some reason. There was a mound visit, so two runners on, two outs, and Carp flew out to center to end the inning. And he was like, after the game, yeah, San Diego, Petco. He's already kind of getting tortured by Petco first night, just like Luke Voigt. You know how Luke Voigt hated hitting at Petco? That's what it felt like you know, listening to him after games and all that. Hopefully that's not the same for Carpenter. I thought he put a good swing on it. I think he told the media that after the game. Maybe that would have changed some things. It's a tie game. Who Maybe they have a totally different pitching strategy, but it was still 5-2 at that point. And in the seventh inning, Tapia comes in. Maybe if it was a tie game and the Padres weren't down three, maybe it's Tapia wouldn't have pitched there. Maybe they would have went with Steven Wilson or Luis Garcia. I think Garcia right now is the eighth inning guy with Hayter obviously being the ninth. But if that would have went out, maybe that game would have changed. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But I mean, look, let's talk about the offense here for a second. It's one game. Definitely not going to sit here and overreact. It is a fact, though, that the Padres are the worst team in baseball right now, though, because they're 0-1. But no, I mean, look, it's one game. The Rockies, we know that the Padres historically, for some reason, they have trouble with the Colorado Rockies. The weather was not ideal. Uh, and Domingo Tapia was in the game. He shouldn't be on the roster, like I said. right? If, if people were healthy, he, he would not be on the roster. Uh, Chris Matt did not pitch well, but the offense, like, I'm not blaming, I don't want to blame this all on the pitching. The offense didn't step up. There was second and third. There was a second and third situation, I believe. No outs. And they didn't score. Let me see if they're going to, if they'll bring this up here. Um, I forget what inning it was. I've got to go through. Maybe it was, was it the fourth or the fifth, I think. But there was a lot of runners. Or was it, no, 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 hang on. I think it was the fourth. They scored a run on Carpenter's fielder's choice. Crony got to second. Carpenter reached, I think. So there was two runners on. And then Nola grounded into a double play. So there was a situation there. Three up, three down in the fifth. And then the sixth was the Carpenter flyout. So just multiple spots where they could have come through and they didn't. Seventh inning, Nola singles, Kim singles. Got first and second there. No outs. Dahl strikes out. Grisham strikes out. Soto grounds out. A lot, of, a lot of different situations there where the Padres could have come through and scored more runs, and they didn't. But again, it's one, one day facing Kyle Freeland later tonight. Nick Martinez on the mound for the Padres. I, I like the Padres' chances in this game. And the lineup, Jose Zokar is going to be in the lineup. I think Nelson Cruz is going to be in the lineup. Xander Bogarts is leading off. I think Bob Melvin was on Ben and Woods this morning and said that. I think that's going to be the first time Xander has led off in a regular season game in over a year. I don't think he led off once for the Red Sox last year. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, what do we think the lineup's going to be? Bogart, Soto, Manny. Maybe Cruz is... Or, mm, Crony or Cruz? Let's say Crone at four. Cruz... DHing. And then you go Kim. No, no, no. No, probably Kim. You could go Kim. Nola. Uh, no, that's three straight righties. I was thinking Kim, Nola, Azokar. Maybe 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 Grisham's like sixth. Because you would think 
lefty on the mound. Kim's going to be playing. Or maybe they have Campy. Maybe they have Campy catch today. I know it's only the second game of the year. Both the righties, though, so it would be the same batting. It would probably be the same order. Campy and Nola might be in the same spot. But I would think the guys in the field today will be either Campy or Nola, obviously. Manny at third, Bogarts at short, Kim at second, Crony at first, DH, Nelson Cruz, Azokar, Grisham, Soto. It'll be a different lineup. It'll be the Nelson Cruz Padres debut. That'll be fun. Heck of a debut by Xander Bogarts last night, by the way. Wanted to shout him out. I know it was not the best game. It was not the best opening game for the Padres, but three for four. Made a great relay throw. I know it's not like the Padres were super in that game at that point, but I was I still had in the back of my mind, like, hey, remember this lineup. It's really good. It's really talented. They can come back and win this game, but just wasn't meant to be last night. Anthony with the super chat. Thank you so much, Anthony. If anyone wants to support the channel, you can use that super chat button. You can use the super thanks button on regular videos to help support. I appreciate that. Anthony says, we needed to get our big head pop. Tonight, the Padres will be on fire. It's also City Connect night. So... I think Nelson Cruz is going to look really good in those City Connect uniforms. Bogart's first time in the City Connects. It does feel like tonight is a good night. I mean, every night is. Yesterday would have been. Tonight's a good night for the offense to come out and have that first great Padres offense night, right? Alex says, my girlfriend and I were there last night. One day we'll hopefully see you and be able to say hi. Yeah, of course. Devin says, X-Man and Grish look good. Snell didn't look horrible, but could have been worse, but he needs to improve. Rest of the offense looked flat, and I think the late start affected the guys last night. I don't think so. I know that we were all planning for 110, and the Padres players were probably preparing for 110 the night before, but they play so many 640 games. I don't think it they're they're definitely not going to use that as an excuse. The weather wouldn't have been good at 110 that throughout that game. It wouldn't have been would not have been good. And it wasn't good for the 640 start. They got the game in, that's really all that matters. So you didn't have to play a doubleheader and then play two more games the rest of the weekend, right? Or had a doubleheader over the weekend, you just get the game out of the way. And if they win the, the next three games of this series and they're three and one to start the year, I think we'll be just fine. We'll be smiling at the end of the weekend, especially if the Aztecs can get this final four win too. By the way, the Padres, they will be showing the San Diego State final four matchup against Florida Atlantic at 3.09, I think is the, the tip. They're letting fans that have tickets to the Padres-Rockies game on Saturday, so tomorrow night, they're letting you in at 2.30, you can go to your seats, whatever, and they'll be showing the Aztecs game on the Jumbotron. So that's a great thing for the Padres. The Wave have a game tomorrow night as well at 7 against North Carolina. Don't know if they're going to let fans in early or they're going to show it somewhere. I think that would be a good idea. Uh, but And the, the crowd, whenever they were showing, I think someone had a Kawhi jersey on last night on the Jumbotron, and it got pretty loud in the stadium. So, yeah, San Diego, 
they're really supporting the Aztecs. That's that's great to see. I know not everyone's an Aztecs fan, but they're like our NBA team. We don't have an NBA team. You know? It's like the Kentucky fans, right? With Kentucky basketball. They don't have an NBA team. That is their like NBA team. So they're gonna support Aztecs. San Diegans, it feels like, even if they don't watch every Aztecs game, it feels like most San Diegans are tuning into these games. So it's going to be a big San Diego sports weekend, that's for sure. All right, back to the chat. But first, check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Devin says, I know I'm overreacting a little bit, but we got to kickstart the offense. Can't help but keep getting flashes of 2021 second half team vibes a little bit. I I disagree with that. Because 2021 was a totally different team. And there were guys hurt. You know, Tatis was playing. Mitch, who, who was in the lineup then? I know you're you're talking about like the vibes and you know it's not identical lineups, but this lineup does have a lot more talent. And if you're already getting vibes of the twenty twenty one second half after one game, I don't really know what to say. Like it's it's one game. They're gonna have like this is the thing about baseball. Really good teams are gonna lose seventy times out of the year. They're gonna lose sixty times in a season. And that might be one of the the 70 losses for the Padres this year. And maybe they go win, again, maybe they go win the next three games and we're sitting here and we'll be happy on Sunday night, right? But it it is the Rockies, and I don't want to use that as an excuse, but just look at their record against the Rockies. It's not as great as you would expect or hope. Irie says, talking about Snell, that is for sure a positive. One walk, nine strikeouts, two defensive misplace, which caused him to throw 20-plus more pitches. It wasn't the same old first-half Blake. Uh, I mean, with the walks, it wasn't the same old first-half Blake. But in terms of the pitches, kind of was. I mean, 70 pitches through three innings, didn't get through five. That that's kind of sounds like first-half Blake to me. The strikeouts usually are there, but the walks weren't. So for that, yeah, I agree that it wasn't second half Blake looking at the walks. Yeah, Xander, yeah, Alexander needs to find a, a player, a pair of cleats for the City Connects. I'm sure he will. I'm surprised he doesn't already have it, to be honest with all the stuff that they get these days. Echo 9-4 says Soto looked uninspired yesterday. I mean, okay, so I, I think we should hit on the the defensive play in left field, right? It didn't amount to anything because the next batter flew out to center. But yeah, of course that wasn't, that wasn't great. If it was a postseason game, I think Soto would have dove for it. Uh, I, I I was hoping that he was going to dive for that. That was a ball that could have been caught, right? 
But I also have to look at it as it's Juan Soto. It's opening day. He's coming off the oblique, the calf. Like, I'd rather have this guy in the lineup tonight than dive and strain something else. And you're already down some pitchers. You already don't have Tatis for the first 20. And now you don't have Juan Soto, your two-hitter, who's projected to be the NL MVP this year, right? We don't want that. So I'd rather have him not dive for that ball than be out. But at the same time, if I was playing left field, I would have dove for that ball, right? Like if Profar was playing there, he probably would have caught the ball. And I'm sure some Padres fans were thinking that right after that play happened, you know. But that is Juan. Like he, he is, he is, he's not the best defensive outfielder. He wasn't the best defensive outfielder in right field, and he's not going to be the best defensive outfielder in left field. I think we just have to deal with that. We ha- we love Juan Soto because of his bat, right? We don't love him because of his glove, his defense, and he's continuing to work on his defense. He also has to take time to get ready in left field, get comfortable with left field as well. So it's another thing that I don't want to overreact to again. A lot of this reaction for me today is just, yeah, disappointment yesterday, but not going to overreact. This team is very, very talented. They're too talented to continue playing like this, and it's one game, right? If they would have won 7-2 last night or would have won 12-1, right? Like I think opening day was last year, or the, yeah, the home opener. Um, still, don't overreact. Like, great win, but I'm not going to overreact to this. It's one game. I'm taking that same thing, that same tone here with the Padres' 7-2 to two loss yesterday. Yeah, I agree, Alex. The crowd support for San Diego State yesterday was awesome. Yeah, I agree. Say, say no more says, I don't think there's any reason to panic. It's the first game. Bogey and Grisham were bright spots. Yeah, Grisham, didn't he double first at bat? I liked him in the leadoff spot. He's not going to be there when Tatis comes back, but to have him as a second leadoff hitter, I think that will be pretty cool uh, to see. Pretty good. I think it's going to be good for the offense if Grisham is clicking because then you roll it right into Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogart, Scrone. Like, good luck to opposing pitching staffs, right? I know I'm saying this after the Padres' offense really didn't do anything last night, but we're not expecting that to continue, right? All right, back to the chat, some more Padres notes, but first. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick-up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, 
including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Some of the underdog fantasy pick them higher lowers today. Nick Martinez, one and a half walks allowed higher or lower. Four and a half strikeouts higher or lower. Uh, Juan Soto, half a run scored higher or lower. One and a half hits plus runs plus RBIs higher or lower. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Hassan Kim, Jose Zokar, Austin Nola, a half single higher or lower. So you think they're going to get a single or not. If you think they are higher, if you don't think so, lower. So those are some of those that you can uh, pick. Uh, Grish is one as well, half a hit, higher or lower. Those are some of the underdog entries that you can go uh, make your selections on. If you use use that code that's in my description, Talking Friars, deposit $10. They'll give you $10 free, so now you have $20. 50, you deposit $50, they'll give you You'll have a hundred. They'll give you fifty dollars free in your first deposit with Underdog. So again, use my code. Click the link in the description. Use the code Talking Friars. Um, great. They they are, they have a lot of great uh, pickums drafts that you can participate in. Uh, and it's not just Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, college basketball, women's college basketball. That's nearing its. I think the Final Four is later tonight. Um, Iowa, South Carolina, and then there's another matchup as well. A lot of different sports, so I definitely recommend you use them uh, sometime at the start of this baseball season. All right, back to the chat. Irie says, I don't think we improved at all by getting rid of Myers. We got Carpenter, who's just as injury-prone, and will hit you around 250 if you're very lucky, and he could play more positions than Carp. Carpenter can play the outfield if you need him to. Carpenter can play first. He can DH. He can play third if you need him to. Um, so I kind of disagree with that. Look, I am a huge Will Myers fan. Love that guy. But the Padres didn't want to pay Will what he got from Cincinnati. And Carpenter, when he was healthy last year, he had a like Babe Ruth year. So the Padres are betting that he can stay healthy and he can play first. He can bleed, he can DH. They're betting on his health and that he will continue to hit the way he did a little bit like last year. They're not expecting him to hit as well as he did last year with the Yankees when he was healthy before I think he fouled the ball off of his foot. But they're hoping that he can perform a little bit like that. And if he does, he will be more impactful probably to this Padres lineup than Will, at least compared to what Will did last year. I know he dealt with some injuries as well. I'd love to have Will back on this team before like the trade deadline if, if there's like an injury or something. Um, but Carp's a couple years. And he does still have versatility.
Devin says, I like the uh, I like that Grish is reverting back to his old batting stance. He strokes the bat better and is able to catch up to velocity. Hopefully he continues to stay aggressive and play with fun. Yeah. I mean, look, when you're playing well in baseball, it's much easier to have fun, I would imagine. Grish really struggled last year. And remember, I think when the Padres clinched a playoff spot, he didn't really party. He partied after the wild card series because he was huge in that series. Partied after the division series because he was big in that series as well. But he didn't really feel like he contributed that much to the Padres making the postseason last year. So, yeah. If you're struggling in, any, in anything, it's probably hard to have fun all the time. Unless you just don't care, right? You don't care about the results. Um. But yeah, he's he's swinging the bat better. He's having more success. And it's like a new year. It's a fresh slate, right? All of the burdens that he was feeling, he can just take that off, you know, because it's a new year. Forget all that. All that you did last year doesn't matter. It doesn't. Your batting average was zero, just like Manny Machado last night at the beginning of the night, right? Just like Juan Soto. Just like Aaron Judge with the Yankees. It doesn't matter what happened. Flush it, move on, and... It seems like he's off to a pretty good start. I have Grish hitting at least 20 home runs this year. I'm a big believer in Grish. Yeah, Devin says, Astros and Phillies lost as well. Again, not overreacting, but trying to make a point. Yeah, there were some interesting scores. I think the Angels lost to the A's. DeGrom didn't pitch well. Uh, Phillies, I think, choked a lead that they had. Astros, yes, they did lose to the White Sox. And the Astros are the team that had Jose Abreu. The White Sox are the team that lost him. And the Astros are the defending champs who were playing at home. Uh, yeah, there were, there were interesting scores. But look, again, it's one day, right? And like Bogarts essentially said to the media last night, it's one game, and now you turn the page, you got 161 more, right? Hopefully the Padres can get a win tonight. I like their chances against Kyle Freeland. Uh, Martinez, I'm confident in him. I'm, I'm probably not going to ever go into a Nick Martinez start saying, yeah, no chance we win this game. Because he's he's a, he's a ultimate competitor, right? He, he's going to grind through some outings. So just some lineup stuff. If you're just coming in here, Nelson Cruz, Jose Azokar will be in tonight's lineup, according to Bob Melvin. Uh, Bob Melton also told Ben and Woods that Xander will hit leadoff against Kyle Freeland. So I would think Azokar is going to hit eight or ninth. And Bogart's leading off. Cruz is probably going to hit fourth or fifth behind Manny or behind Crone. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe it's behind Crone so the Padres can split up Manny and Cruz, the righties there. Have Bogart's a righty leading off. Soto a lefty. Manny a righty. Crone a lefty. Cruz or righty. First five can split that up, and then the bottom half is the bottom half. Devin asked, did you see the fan running on the field trying to propose? Yes. He got decked by that Dodger security guard. I mean, I understand, like, well, I, actually, I don't. I don't understand going onto the field to propose because I think that guy has to realize that Dodger fan I'm not surprised that Dodger fan was the one that did this. Um, if you're on the field, even if you're not a threat to the players, you're not running around, right? 
you're just trying to propose in the middle of the game. The security has to think that anyone who goes on the field during the game is a threat. Anyone that goes on the field is a threat. So they have to go deck you. They have to go smack you. Because they don't want something to happen. You know? They don't know what he has. Maybe he has something uh, in his pocket or something. I don't know. But they, they can't say, oh, he's just proposing. All right, I'll just go lazily walk over there. No, they have to go right at you. So security obviously did their job. And I'm not surprised what happened. Uh, personally, if I was the, the girl in that relationship, I would probably be thinking, I want to be in a relationship with this guy. This guy that's running onto the field. That's just me. I mean, you could just do it in the stands. You know? I'm not the biggest fan of, like, the, the Jumbotron uh, proposals and all that. But, yeah, that was weird. And that, that's that had to put a lot of pressure on the girl, huh? Did she say yes, even? Because what if she would have said no and that guy gets decked? That's a lose-lose right there. That, that has to suck. All right, I think that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 375. I don't think I missed anything in terms of my reaction, what I wanted to get out about yesterday's game. It's great that baseball is back. It's great to have everyone here listening or watching to the show. I appreciate everyone's time, as always. And hopefully the Padres can get that first one of the season later tonight. See everybody. I want to tell you about the best and easiest.